0: The scripture reading brings us to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now, before we get into the events of chapter 11, I want to make mention that I'd said in the previous video that it was a lead-in into chapter 11 In chapter 10. The Israelites were fighting the Ammonites, or at least that was one of the battles, was that... Uh, Abishai, I believe, was leading the battle against the Ammonites, and Joab was leading the battle against the Syrians to the north. And the Ammonites had fled and went into the city there at Rabbah. And they hold up there. And In chapter 11, as you see here, that is the battle that is taking place, that is the besiegement of the city after the fact, In verse number one, it came to pass after the year was expired, so time had expired, and at the time when kings went forth to battle that David sent Joab, they were done hibernating for the winter, essentially, and now it was springtime, it was weather to where they could go forward and be unhindered, uh, unhindered and uh, troops would be less susceptible to weather and that type of thing. They went out there to besiege the city at Rabah. All right, but David stayed in Jerusalem, and that's that's kind of a big but right there. The first five verses I have titled here, I have this chapter broken down into three sections. First five verses I have titled, David's Sin of Adultery. In these five verses, we see that David stayed back from the battle, and he went up upon the rooftop, and he looked over, and that's when he saw Bathsheba out washing herself in um, uh, there that evening. He had looked And when he had looked, he had lusted. When he had lusted, it led to adultery, brought her in, and eventually, as you see there, got her pregnant. Now, the one point that I think is really interesting to consider is, as it said there in verse number one, this was a time when the kings went forth to battle, but yet, it says, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. David shed his armor. And we as Christians, whenever we lay down our armor, boy, that's when trouble happens. That's when we're susceptible to attacks by by Satan. When we lay down our breastplate of righteousness, uh, then we're susceptible. When we take off our helmet of salvation, forget who it was that has borne us, forget who who we are accountable unto that's when we're susceptible. So David commits the sin of adultery here, and he sends Bathsheba back home. Verses 6 through 13, I have that titled, David's sin of duplicity, because at this point, David had a problem. Bathsheba, she uh, was with child. And so David had to figure out a way to resolve this problem. And just like Most people, when they sin, they try to cover it up. That's what David did. David didn't seek the face of the Lord. David didn't ask the Lord what to do. As you go back and see, whenever David had a a problem, he went to the Lord, typically anyway. Many times you'll be able to go back and see. He went to the Lord, and the Lord gave him the answer and what to do. He didn't do that this time. Why? Because it was his sin that was the problem. He goes and calls Uriah from the battle, brings him home, tries to get him to go in and lay with his wife so he can try to pass it off as though it's Uriah's child instead of his. That didn't work. Then he kind of chided him a little bit. See, you know, what what are you doing? You know, I bring you back here and, and you don't do this. That didn't work. So he goes to get him drunk. And you see verse number 13, And it says this, And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even, he went out to lie on his bed with servants of the Lord, but went not down to his house. A drunk Uriah had more honor than a sober David at this point in his life. And then we see, when that didn't work, verses 14 through the remainder of the chapter, I have that titled, David's sin of murder. So his chapter is just full of sin, his sin of adultery, his sin of duplicity, his sin of murder. So he takes Uriah and says, okay, you can head on back, but take this note with you. And in that note that he carried from Jerusalem to Rabbah, to his commanding officer, who he had so much respect for that he would not go down and sleep in his house with his wife, but he slept there in tents. He hands it to his commanding officer and says, this is from the king. And it's his death sentence. Of all the things that David did, I, to me, that is beyond wicked. It's just beyond wicked. It's one thing to commit adultery; it's another thing to murder. But to have the 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 victim to carry that all that way and give it faithfully unto the man in charge, I, I, I just I, I'm I'm right. So, as we look at this, David's sin didn't just affect him, right? But uh, Uriah wasn't the only victim. I, I want to point that out in just one second. But notice this also, that David, when he sent that note to Joab, he did two things for Joab. One of them, he made Joab an accomplice unto murder, and the second thing was he gave he gave Joab leverage over him. Joab now would be able to hold that over David's head, and um, use it to steer the king whithersoever he would he would want. Now whether he would use that or not, we'll see. But he has that ability now. It's almost like if you had. Say your son go out and make a league with people in China and people in the Ukraine, and they have leverage over you. Now they can steer you whithersoever you want. It's just kind of an anecdote that I don't know if it's applicable, but consider it. But verse number 17, look at that. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Uriah wasn't the only one that had to die, but it was several of the servants of David, it was several more soldiers had to die because Joab couldn't just send Uriah out by himself. In fact, uh, David said, sent him with them and then retire from him. But they were walled up in the city. He had to send them out into a vulnerable place where they could fire from the walls and uh, they were just in a bad way. And, and so it wasn't just Uriah that died that day. Several people died that day, all because of David's sin. So he dies in the way the chapter ends up. And, and, and you notice this too. Joab knew that his maneuver that he was doing was foolish. And he knew that the king was going to say, why did you do this? Why would you send him up to the wall? Don't you know that a woman, I mean, dropped a millstone upon that man's head and killed him? Why would you do this? And then he tells the messenger, he says, now when he says all this stuff, wondering why we did something so dumb, then tell him, Uriah the Hittite died also. So the messenger goes back and he tells, tells David. And David's like, oh, well, sword of, sort of devour one as well as the other. Well, just encourage him, David tells him. So... Now David thinks that his sin has finally been covered. Uriah is dead. He calls Bathsheba, brings her into his home and makes her his wife. All's well and done, right? All's good. No problems there. He got away with it. I want you to see word there in verse number 27. When the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house and she became his wife and bare him a son. But, it's one of those great big buts of the Bible, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Now that is finishing up this chapter, but that is not the end of the story. There is so much more. In fact, the remainder of David's reign would be filled with turmoil because of this act. Tragic. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, make you pay more than you want to pay, you know, all that stuff there. But that's what happened with David. Caused him heartache um, the rest of his life. And so that's going to do it for 2 Samuel chapter 11. Hope this has been a help unto you. God bless and Lord willing, We'll see you soon.